Hey friends, welcome back to today's episode. It is a meaty one. Today we are going to be chatting all about labor inductions. I have personally had two medically necessary inductions as a high-risk pregnancy mom and they were honestly really great experiences. They were long but still really beautiful births and I know from personal experience, there is so much fear-mongering online about inductions. It can be really hard to get encouraging evidence-based information to help you make the decision that feels right for you. I love helping moms get educated and prepared about this type of birth experience. Today, we're going to dive into all the relevant decision-making information you need to know And then I'm going to give you three tips to make your induction a fabulous experience if it does become medically necessary for you or your baby. Let's go. Welcome to the Happy High-Risk Pregnancy Podcast. I'm your host, Lexi Zuo. I'm so glad to have you here, Mama, and I hope that this podcast can be a huge source of education, encouragement, and empowerment on your high-risk pregnancy journey. Let's dive into today's episode. Okay, so when we are thinking and talking about inductions, the first thing to consider really and nail down our understanding about is elective versus medically necessary inductions. So right now in the U.S., the induction rate is hovering, depending on what you read, around 35 to 40 percent, depending on where you live. It's it's pretty high. And that typically that statistic does not include women who go into labor on their own and then their labor is augmented with Pitocin. So that is just women that do not go into labor on their own and they are Um, put into labor by what is called the induction process. So because of everything we're going to get into today, I want to start by stating very clearly that there is a big difference between choosing to have an elective induction versus it being medically necessary. ACOG, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecology, their official stance is that all women should be free to choose an elective induction starting at 39 weeks. Another huge uh, prenatal provider organization, the American College of Nurse Midwives, highly discourages labor induction without a clear medically indicated reason why. So you can see just between the two biggest um, perinatal providers, there's some some strong differences of opinion of how to approach this. There are emotional, practical, and familial reasons why a woman may choose to schedule an elective induction. I've seen this in my own doula practice with clients whose um, husbands were in the military or when they were trying to schedule and arrange for family members to come help and come visit postpartum from overseas. Um, But by and large, unless your provider recommends an induction due to a medically necessary reason uh, for you or your baby, as a childbirth educator and as a birth doula, I do not recommend scheduling one electively. But again, as always, you know, you know your situation and your family best, 
And I want this episode to be as informative for you as possible. So another huge thing to think about when we are discussing inductions, you may or may not have heard about this, but there was a study published in 2018 called the ARRIVE trial. And most providers, most birth workers nowadays, they attribute the huge increase in inductions that we're doing right now to this study that was published in 2018. The ARRIVE trial's initial aim in study was to look at the possible differences between stillbirth and poor fetal outcomes if mothers were induced at 39 weeks instead of waiting till 41 weeks for an induction. There were many problems with this study, and many more recent studies have debunked much of the ARRIVE trial's findings. But one small result of the study was that it showed that inducing at 39 weeks decreased your risk for a C-section by 3%. It was not a huge difference. Um, that, that is not a huge difference. And in comparison, you know, other studies have shown that having a doula with you for your entire labor decreases your risk for C-section by 30 to 41%, depending on the study. So there are other things that you can do besides being induced at 39 weeks to decrease your risk for a C-section. And they are by and large, a lot more effective. Um, and I forgot to say earlier, the ARRIVE trial did not show any significant differences in poor fetal outcomes or stillbirth risk. So that was the main thing that the ARRIVE trial was intending to study. The decrease in C-section risk was just a happenstance that they discovered, but many, many, many OB practices have really run with that decrease in C-section risk. And the ARRIVE trial has really quite speedily faster than any other study that I know of, really changed obstetrical practices all over the country. And more and more providers nowadays are offering or even heavily encouraging inductions starting at 39 weeks for all moms, including healthy and low-risk moms. We're not just talking about high-risk moms here. So this is the kind of political or background landscape in the birth world um, of really helping you understand the current state of affairs regarding inductions. And this is why some birth workers or childbirth educators especially can um, kind of work themselves up into a tizzy talking about this online because it is it is really a hot a hot topic and a lot of families are not informed about the background of what is what has been going on research wise when it comes to inductions. So what are the benefits versus the risk of inductions? The benefits are often familial convenience. Uh, That is a huge one, especially if you have kids. I am not mentioning that like it's a bad thing. If you have other children at home, the ability to schedule an induction can be really nice in arranging childcare and making sure that area of your life is set so that you can go into labor. So I do not mention that as if, as if it's a bad thing. Um, the ability to manage medications around labor time. I've personally seen this in my high-risk doula practice, um, especially for clients with adrenal conditions or blood clotting disorders. 
especially for blood clotting disorders, you need to switch to certain types of blood thinner or yeah, blood thinning medications that are safer around the time of delivery than those that are given during pregnancy often. Also for adrenal conditions, um, some of my clients, they need certain medications to be on hand and in their system for when they are in labor. So those are situations where scheduling an induction could be really, really wise and really safe to help keep the mother and the baby safer. Um, also, any sort of more medically managed um, high-risk mom, the ability just to have more control over the situation can provide a lot of mental and emotional ease for some high-risk moms. The ability to pick your attending provider, that is a huge benefit for some women, especially those that have um, past histories of really severe medical trauma, sexual abuse, sexual trauma, those sort of things. Sometimes being able to guarantee what provider is going to attend you in labor is huge for some women. So that is not a small thing either. Um, like I said before, some studies show there is a small reduction in C-section risk inducing. And there is also just an inherent um, benefit of a reduction in fetal macrosomia. So that is the baby being larger or weighing more than eight pounds, 13 ounces at birth. If you induce earlier, the baby does not have as much time to grow bigger. That's just you know, basic logic for most conditions, unless you were to have gestational diabetes and have fetal macrosomia much, much earlier in your pregnancy. Some of the risk of induction would be fetal distress. This is the, this is the biggest one really. And the one that more and more hospitals and providers are, they are moving to less aggressive induction measures to help control for fetal distress, but this is always on the table. Uh, in any induction situation, we are using artificial means to start and continue labor, and they are not the same thing as what your body normally does physiologically. So fetal distress is one of the largest risks. Another one is failure to progress. Again, with inductions, we are starting labor when your body was not yet ready and starting it on its own. So depending on position of baby, depending on your cervical ripeness and readiness, uh, the induction may not be successful. There is a such thing as a quote-unquote failed induction where things just do not progress. So it's important to be aware of that as a potential risk. Another potential risk would be infection, especially after breaking your water in an induction process. Over time, the longer that is, um, you know, the condition of your labor, your risk of infection does go up. Maternal exhaustion is another one. I, I would say this might be one of the ones that I see most often in my practice because inductions are long. <laughs> they are very long, especially for first-time moms. And it is hard to maintain your energy and your stamina through what could potentially be a multi-day process and not getting much sleep. 
postpartum hemorrhage is another risk. The mechanism behind this is that synthetic oxytocin can sometimes exhaust your uterus. And if you're on high doses of Pitocin for an extended period amount of time, it can inhibit your uterus clamping down appropriately and stopping blood loss after your placenta is delivered. So that is one of the risks. Again, it's kind of funny because this is on both the benefits and the risk. An increased risk for C-section. Um, some studies do show that just inherently doing an induction increases your risk for a C-section. So it's kind of like a both and with that one. Um, and I have definitely witnessed that in my doula practice as well. Finally, uh, one of the last major risks would be less maternal oxytocin in your brain as the mother. Your body uh, naturally releases oxytocin uh, in normal physiological labor, and that has pain-relieving measures. Your body's own oxytocin crosses, crosses the blood-brain barrier, and it releases endorphins and um, various hormones in your brain to help you perceive less pain during labor. So when you're receiving synthetic oxytocin, aka pitocin, you do not always receive that benefit. So most of the benefits to inductions are tied to social and emotional factors, but there's definitely some significant reduction in risk to the mother or baby in certain high-risk conditions. I do not want to minimize that at all, and I would highly encourage you to discuss your unique situation with your OB, midwife, or MFM and get their advice on what they would recommend for your unique medical situation. Across the board, the most widely talked about benefit of induction is typically in reducing in utero stillbirth risk by delivery. So basically, if we get the baby on the outside, they are less likely to, um, you know, be born stillborn inside. But some new recent studies have started to look at the potential increase in SIDS risk for babies born via induction. This is like cutting edge research and there's not tons out there, but it may be that induction just changes the location of fetal death for some babies that were already struggling for unknown reasons. So if you're interested in that, um, be cautious if you are pregnant, but you can read more about that in Dr. Sarah Wickham's book in her own time that, or in your own time, I'm sorry, that was published in 2022. So very recent, and it has some really updated research looking at that. Um, the risk of induction are mostly medical with fetal distress, failure to progress and postpartum hemorrhage being the most common. And again, I do not want to scare you, but I do want you to, to be informed. Uh, many high-risk pregnancy moms are offered and or truly need inductions to keep them and their babies safe, but you're not truly making an informed decision if you're not fully informed about all the risk versus the benefits of labor induction. It's only then that you can make a choice that is right for your family knowing what the risk versus benefits are and what risk versus benefits your unique family feels comfortable with. So, okay, <laughs> let's all take a deep breath. I know this is heavy stuff. You're safe. Your baby's safe. It's okay. 
This is a lot. And I know you are working hard to get educated and informed, making the best decision for you and your baby. So well done even listening to this and trying to get more informed about everything you need to know regarding inductions. So now all things considered, if you and your partner and your medical team all agree that induction is the best option for you and your baby, here are three tips to make your experience better. One, know your specific induction protocol, what that will involve, and have correct expectations regarding the length of time your induction will take. So ask your provider what the exact steps will be for your induction process. The steps are often very similar, but every OB, MFM, or midwife kind of has their own preferred order of doing things. So some things that you should be aware of or informed about would be the use of Cytotec, Misoprostol, a Foley balloon, a Cook's catheter, AROM or artificial rupture of membranes, and Pitocin. These are all various methods and steps that your unique induction might entail. Ask them what steps your induction will involve, and then ask your provider as many questions as you need to feel safe and confident in moving forward with the plan. That's so important, like we talked about last month. Also, prepare yourself to have accurate expectations for how long the whole process will take. Inductions are not, again, they are not the quick and easy way out, the way some people talk about them online or on social media. Most inductions take anywhere from 24 hours to three to four days. So have realistic expectations in the process and inspect to be in labor and delivery for a long time. And if it goes quicker, awesome. Feel free to prove me wrong and come back and say like, haha, my induction was much shorter. But it's best to go in expecting it to take a long time. And then if it's shorter, awesome. It's it's a much better frame of mind to be in. Uh, Tip number two, make your hospital stay as comfortable and as cozy as possible. Due to the likelihood of you being in the hospital much longer than someone going into labor on your own, on their own, pack your bags accordingly. Add in some extra treats to make yourself feel more comfortable and relaxed in the process. Bring snacks and a celebratory meal or dessert for the evening that you get there. Pack electrolyte drinks. Bring coconut water or juice. Plan to wear whatever makes you feel comfortable. Wear your favorite pajamas or buy a special labor gown. Keep your bra and underwear on if that makes you feel less exposed and uncomfortable for the whole process. Bring your own pillows and blankets, especially for the first night sleeping there during cervical ripening. That stuff is not as messy as the future labor process and you you can enjoy a little bit more comfort that first night. When you arrive on your induction day, get comfortable and then turn off all the hospital lights, string up some twinkle lights and put out some battery powered candles around the room. Possibly get a cool galaxy projector if that's your thing. Just do whatever you can to make your hospital room feel cozy and safe and calming for you because you're going to be there for quite a little while. (laughs) And then finally, tip number three, be flexible with your pain management plan. 
and take it just one hour at a time. Everyone's body reacts differently to the induction process, and there is no way to predict ahead of time how it will go for you. So keep an open mind about what pain management techniques you will utilize. It's not impossible to be induced without an epidural, but depending on the length of time it takes and your own exhaustion level throughout the process, it can be difficult. So keep an open mind and just plan to take it one hour at a time. Give yourself permission to do whatever you need to do to make this the one of the best day or days of your life and not the worst. Your induction can indeed be a beautiful celebratory process. Be careful and thoughtful about the decision to have an induction, but if it is needed, have hope, mama. You are still in control of so much, and this can still be one of the best days of your life. If you would like to know more and gain more support for your own induction journey, check out my Incredible Inductions mini course. The Incredible Inductions mini course is 30 minutes of teaching on everything to expect in even greater detail than I've talked about today. And it has even more tips than I've shared today. It also includes a mini workbook for planning and getting personally prepped for your own induction journey. So that's it for today, friends. I hope this was helpful and uh, let me know, send me, send me a DM on Instagram or send me an email. Let me know if you've experienced an induction and, or if it's something that is planned or being suggested for your own pregnancy this time. I'd really love to know. Bye. All right. That's it for today. Thank you so much for listening friends. I hope this episode provided you with some education encouragement and empowerment for your journey ahead. Please be sure to leave a review of the podcast on Apple, Spotify, or Amazon Music. This helps other high-risk pregnancy moms and interested birth workers find the show much easier. And be sure to check out LexiZuo.com for more positive high-risk pregnancy and higher intervention birth resources. I have there on my website three different mini courses and a few guides for sale. Plus, there are a lot of free resources you can find via the blog and my uh, free list of 10 questions to ask your OB or MFM after high-risk pregnancy diagnosis. If you'd like to connect more in the meantime, you can also find me on Instagram at Lexi.Zuo. And until next week, I'm cheering you on, friend. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And again, thank you so much for tuning in. It means the world to me, really. (laughs) Bye.